0: Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Hi everyone! Happy Wonderland Wednesday! Thanks for tuning in this evening. It is Wednesday, November 4th, and how are you doing? How are you hanging in? I know it's been a a bit of a stressful week for a lot of people, so I hope that this is a little momentary distraction, and I hope that you're getting through your week okay. I'm really excited because our guest tonight is Bill Farmer. Bill Farmer is a Disney legend. He is the voice of Goofy, as well as Pluto, as well as a million other things, Disney related and not. And Bill's amazing, his credits read like a list of every Disney show you've ever seen before. We're really excited to bring him on the show today. Let's see, I don't think he's on just yet, but I'm sure he'll be joining us shortly. So yeah, just if you have a second, go ahead and type in one word with how you're doing today. Let me know whatever that word is, however you're feeling is totally fine. Hi, Bill, it's good to see you. Hey, Ed, hey, Tim, it's really good to see you guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and add Bill right now, actually. Yes, who oh, he even requested, that made it so much easier, Bill, thank you. Okay, word, if you guys wanna give me one word of how you're feeling today, that would be awesome. Let's see, hey, Jeff, it's good to see you. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Hey, Bill.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm so good. How are you?
1: Very good. Very
0: good. When it goes to two people, it suddenly...
1: Sit up a little bit more. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm going to pull the (laughs) camera back. (laughs) Hi.
1: Good to see you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's so good to see your face. I haven't seen you in months because of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen anybody in months.
0: Yeah, I think I saw you probably just right as every maybe February or early March I feel like I saw you just right before everything was shutting down
1: yeah I've gone through about two tanks of gas since March in my car (laughs) I had to actually jump it the other day because it just petered out the clock ran it down so I got to get out and drive more
0: yeah go see the lovely San Fernando Valley it's just so scenic and beautiful here (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and it's, it's uh, not 110 degrees either, so that's nice.
0: Yeah, the weather was gorgeous today. Were you outside at all today?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been hanging out by the uh, the pool and uh, taking down Halloween decorations.
0: Oh, do you go all out for Halloween?
1: Oh, absolutely, even uh, with the pandemic. Now, our street normally gets blocked off by the city, so there's thousands of kids, and we usually oh. give out about 500, 600 pieces of candy, but, uh, and we didn't yeah. know what we were going to be this way, but we decided, hey, people drive by. You might as well brighten their day a little bit, so we still decorated like everything, yeah. and we passed out candy. We had what we called the candy cannon. Annoying idea, a pirate out there. Basically, it was a big PVC pipe, about six inches, and I made it look like a cannon. And so the kids would put their
0: their little box and everything at the front (laughs) of the cannon.
1: And then out comes, get ready for the candy. And then down it comes. And uh, social distance, and people were saying, oh, thank you so much for doing this. The kids were like all bummed because they couldn't do Halloween much. And people would drive around, and they'd see people that were passing out candy, yeah and it's safe it's and yeah, they loved it. They loved it. And we he probably got eighty dreadful. to a hundred kids.
0: Oh, that's that's a fair turnout for a global pandemic.
1: Yeah, and then we went in the back
0: and drank. <laughs> that's so perfect. Did you dress up like a pirate?
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You have to have the candy can and you gotta be the candy pirate.
0: What is your pirate's drink of choice?
1: It's bourbon. It be bourbon. Should be rum, but it's bourbon
0: yeah a little creative liberty right <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> jumping on and saying hi i know it's hard to keep track of the timeline at the bottom so don't worry about that hey. but i do see we have one question has already come in great, oh, from great. i want to just let everybody that's just jumping on for the first time know this is allison's wonderland it's a weekly show we do where we interview people that work in animation and video games so today we're with Bill barber yes, right down there, the voice of Goofy, Um well as <laughs> Pluto, you probably like, people generally say Goofy, and then like, they're like
1: okay. yeah, it's voice is number one in the list, but yeah. there are others.
0: Yeah, I know, I was like, your uh, resume is basically a list of just every Disney TV show for the last three years, <laughs> you've done a lot.
1: Oh, I try and keep it, actually, it's odd, during the pandemic, the one thing that hasn't shut down is animation. So I'm on about six shows right now, and I do them all right from here. And I don't have to, I don't have to wear pants. So it's, you come in, you get behind the microphone, and you do it via Zoom and record here. My son's an audio engineer, so he engineers them for me. And we send them the WAV files, and boom, it's perfect.
0: What is, how, do you prefer going into the studio, and, or are you just as happy working from home?
1: It's easier working from home because I just come in down the hall. But I like going in just to see people, if nothing else, because you get you just go a little stir crazy with all this virus stuff. And so you want to see people. And occasionally, if Austin's working on something else and it's a long session, I or ADR or something like that gets a little tricky and he's not here, I will go into Out Loud Audio is where we record a lot of the stuff for Disney. And I'll go in there, and I've done that several times. And that's been an easy experience. They're very safe COVID-wise, and so you go in a different uh, – the back door, and then they just mm-hmm. usher you right into the room and into the, the recording booth, and you're fine. It's very easy.
0: No coffee and tea, though.
1: They'll bring it to you, though. Oh, really? oh yeah i feel like that was one of the Get personal things. service
0: personal service you gotta use your own <laughs> <show>. <laughs> wow i wanted to start off on a little bit of a different note because yeah everybody's familiar with voice acting work but you have a new tv show on disney plus where you yeah. are the host and show creator producer on the show and it's a dog's life with bill farmer how did that come about
1: it was funny. A friend of mine who lived in Reno and is a cameraman on the show The Amazing Race for 20-some seasons wanted to put together a little kind of a sizzle reel to sell an idea to, to the local TV shows up and TV stations in Reno, and it was just human interest stories. But yeah. the place he picked was an equestrian center, and they have people from all over the country keep their horses there, and they go on these, like, fox hunts, like the old English fox hunts with the red outfit and the little hat and the 50 walker hounds that, you know, there's no coyote, there's uh, only coyotes, there aren't any foxes, and they don't really chase the coyotes, so they're just out for exercise, really, but Mm -hmm. I went up there, and we interviewed this kind of eclectic lady that started this equestrian center, and we were seeing the hounds and all of that, and we got the footage, and the footage of me playing around with the hounds just jumped out at it because, you know, I was just in a mood. And so I start doing like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, you dogs are going to get out there. You're flabby. The coyote is going to run away from you. Just that kind of stuff. But that footage jumped out at us. And we decided, <laughs> why don't we try and make this into a TV show about me talking about dogs, stepping out from behind the microphone, since I've been doing dogs for 30 some years and finding out about real dogs that have jobs. Long story short, We were able to get a meeting over at Disney Plus, and we presented the idea, and they loved the idea and bought the series on the spot, and that, as I understand, never happens,
0: Uh, and
1: so we did 10 episodes, 20 stories. We went everywhere from Hawaii to Maryland to Texas to uh, New York to California to Huntington Beach to everywhere, to Colorado and found out about dogs that do interesting jobs. So they buried me in the snow in Telluride, Colorado, and had the avalanche rescue dogs find me. We went to Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Their mayor is a dog, we went up to upstate New York where they have uh, guide dogs for the blind. But this is a little differently because it's Olympic, Paralympic athletes who run and they run, they're blind, but they have a dog, a guide dog that runs with them in <laughs> the a mile or something like that.
0: Funnily enough, Kyle Weinberg just said that they are watching it at this interview at their guide dog group. So there's oh a my group gosh. of people tuning in right now um, at a guide That's dog amazing. group. amazing. So funnily enough. Wow, that's amazing. Any of the other, what are some of the other places you went Oh,
1: one of my favorite ones was the first episode where we went up to uh, near Vancouver, Uh went on a boat with some scientists from the University of Washington to find whale poop. Yeah, killer (laughs) whale poop. The scientists have to collect it to study how well the whales are doing, what they're eating, that kind of stuff. And just looking for it, it, it floats for about 10, 15 minutes, and then it goes away. The dog, though, will let you know if it's in the area. They got a little dog, a little uh, Jack Russell Terrier pit bull Mm -hmm. named Eba that gets on the boat. And when she smells one, she goes nuts and on all of this. And they find the sample. They take it in and they learn all about the, uh, the killer whales.
0: My son was so in love with that episode the last thing you need to do is get like a four and a half year old boy more into poop than they already are naturally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But he just (laughs) was like, like, whale poop? Like this is on television? Ooh, this is the best thing ever.
1: I'm glad he liked it. I'm glad he liked it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's amazing. So you did 10 episodes, and you did yeah. your wife, Jennifer Farmer, also was involved in that
1: project? Yeah, she was an executive producer along with me, and uh, it was like we had 20-some employees, and we had researchers, we had, it's quite involved to do a television show, even a little one like ours on Disney+. Plus. And we just had a blast. And of course, the last 30 years, I'm stuck in a microphone booth, and that's kind of fun to get out once in a while and travel around.
0: I was thinking about that because uh, people who know you may just know you from your voiceover work, but yeah. your your background is in stand up comedy and acting, right. and you did stand up for years.
1: Yeah, that's, that's it, I think the hardest thing I've ever done was stand up, but it was also the best training for voiceover. Tell,
0: tell us it, more about that.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, when I teach students, I, I, you've got to get out in front of people. First of all, it's a little intimidating to go into a booth and they're looking at you through the glass and you're doing an audition for them and everything and you're sweating it out. But you've got to take these words on a page and bring life to them, make them jump off the page. And the best way I found that taught me was doing stand-up because if it ain't funny, they're not going to laugh. It's true. It's not like your wife or husband's. Oh, that's great, honey. That was just wonderful. And no matter how bad the joke is. But if you do it in front in a comedy club and it doesn't fly, you know it. So I tape my shows, listen to it. Figure, why didn't that joke go over? What could I have done differently? What dif- how could I change the punchline, the delivery, all of that? And you get to learn after a while what works with an audience. And that comes yeah. in invaluably in, in a booth because they give you a script and boom, you've got to bring it to life and make it better than it is on the page.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, too, I feel like stand-up is the type of thing where you can start in any city and many yeah. small towns and they have comedy clubs or open mic nights and you can just go it's not oh i want yeah. to be a voice actor where you have to generally move to los angeles or new york and start auditioning and you know, there's a lot of xyz and we can get into that later but stand-up comedy you can just find a place where you can do an open mic night and get up there and start yeah. failing. and fail big that... because that's how you learn
1: Exactly. And when I first came out to California, I took classes from a guy, Dawes Butler, who was oh. a great voice actor, Hanna-Barbera, Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Captain Crunch, Alroy Jetson, about 40-some major characters. And he was the one that really said, you're not doing voices. You are portraying characters that may have weird, funny voices, but it's the personality. It's the emotion. It's the situation that you're really doing. You are acting. It's not voice acting. It's voice acting, emphasis on the acting. And that was the best advice I ever got in the beginning. Take acting lessons. That's important.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. So then how, tell us a little bit about your early days. I've heard a little bit of this story before, but Take us back to the comedy clubs in Houston. Take us back to the early days and when you came out to L.A.
1: Oh, my gosh. Even further back than that, I had always wanted to try show business, but I grew up in Kansas. and There's no outlet for that. Long story short, I got my degree in broadcast journalism, kicked around in radio for a number of years, which Mm -hmm. gave me some on-air exposure of, you know, ripping and reading the news, doing up, playing records, all the things a DJ does. I got out of that because there was no money in it, and I wasn't very satisfied. Got into electronics for a few years. Still wasn't satisfied. And they had an open mic night at a comedy club in Dallas back in 1982. Mm-hmm. And I went one week, and I saw the guys, and I thought, oh, I, gotta, I, I needed to try that. So wow. I wrote a little routine and went up the next week and got a pretty good response. And the house comic, who's famous now, by Bill Ingvall, who was on the com- if you remember, like uh, Larry uh, the Cable yeah. Guy and Jeff Foxworthy, the blue collar comedy tour. Yeah, he's on that. He's also was on Dancing with the Stars last uh, year. Oh, wow. Anyway, he's been very successful, and he was the house comic working out his stuff. And he was this one that said, "You got to try. You ought to give this a shot." And I did that for about five years. Worked you my said way that up. First time. The first time he said, but well, you don't need to, yeah, give this a shot. Give it a few wow. minutes. And you go up and you fail. And then you, some dates it's better than others. And you get better if you keep doing it. And before long, I was traveling around Texas and the South, different comedy clubs. Then I moved out to California on the advice of an agent I had in Dallas. He said all the voices you do and impressions and stuff, why don't you try it in Hollywood? Yeah. I left my wife in Dallas. I got an apartment out here and was able to get an agent right away. And about five months after that, I got a call and said, do you do any of the Disney characters? When I'd never really thought of doing any. And I said, well, oh, you play around with voices. So... I could do a Mickey, you know, gosh, oh boy, you know, you could do that falsetto, you're in the ballpark, and gosh, but Goofy was right in the wheelhouse, but I'd never really done it before, and I just got a cassette with the original voice, got it over a weekend, copied that, and about a month later, they called and said uh, they'd like to use you as Goofy. Now, it's not you're now signed to a 30-year contract, it's just day player stuff, one job. If you suck, they won't call you again. Luckily, they did call me again and again. Uh-huh. And by about three years into it, I figured maybe I've got, maybe I've got the job. And now this January will be 34 years. Oh,
0: and uh, so
1: I guess I have the job finally.
0: I guess you have the job. <laughs> so nobody on this lake trying by the way, if anybody has questions for Bill, down at the oh, bottom. Oh, yeah, I'd be glad to answer anything. Button. We can try to get to those towards the end. Yeah, wow, that's so amazing. Impressions. So what other impressions do you do?
1: Oh, gosh. When I, in the old days, I used to do a lot of stuff on TV mostly. and it wasn't, You know, i do cartoon characters. Some of them, when I was listening to Dawes Butler, I'd work on Yogi Bear. Hey, boo-boo, how's it going? Yeah. Exit! Stage left! <laughs> fuck fuckatash! Where's that Tweety bird? Ooh, I thought I'd call a putty Oh, brother, ain't I a stinker? And, and I just would play with all of those voices and stuff, and uh, characters on TV I'd listen to and try and copy, like Greenacres was a fat, uh, favorite of mine. So I'd start doing that Mr. Haney, Pat Buttram, who used to come out on that show and J- J- jimmy stewart of course all of those voices are great training and and you study the voice and you do it over and over and you get better at it and stuff like that You little character actors and walter brennan and all them old ones and i just played with it and just added a little to the repertoire of comedians and movie stars and animated characters and Never thinking that i get a chance to actually do it. It was just a fun thing to do. But I didn't think of it as a career.
0: Yeah, and there's definitely a whole ADR and looping and matching voices.
1: Yes, I've done a lot of that.
0: Pretty popular line of work for a voice actor these days.
1: And it's so great because you get to do all sorts of characters. I've been doing some movies for Illumination, like uh, Sing. And I was, again, (laughs) another dog, a dog reporter. (laughs) The Lorax, let me see. Horton, here's a who, and of course, a lot of Disney ones in the beginning from Beauty and the Beast and Hunchback of Notre Dame and Tarzan and uh, Toy Story 2, Bugs Mm -hmm. Life, Monsters, Inc., stuff like that, and the loop group, and the joy of working, I love doing it, and I got to do some of the Warner Brothers characters in Space Jam, Sylvester, Yosemite, Foghorn, and uh, Robot Chicken, I got to do Bugs and Daffy, which was a lot of fun. And
0: talking about the Space Jam sequel, do you know anything? Can you tell us anything?
1: about No, that? I think they use Eric Bauza. And Warner Brothers is totally different than Disney in that they uh, they switch voices a lot. Disney yeah. with Roy Disney and Michael Eisner. When we did ours, there were about four or five guys doing Goofy and and Mickey and everything down at the park in Florida. But they decided they wanted to settle on one voice. So you always heard the same voice because everyone's different. And luckily, I I got those characters and they're still sticking with it.
0: That's great. I know that brand loyalty is, is a good thing for voice actors, for sure. Yes. So speaking of, you mentioned that you were a dog that interviews. I know that you had a cameo or like a small role in Robocop. Oh, um, I
1: did that when I lived back in Dallas. Yeah.
0: Can you tell us and, that story? Because I think that's it's such a funny, interesting credit that you have.
1: They shot a lot of that in Dallas. And mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. Who's this Paul Verhoeven guy and this RoboCop? What a, okay. And it was a movie and they wanted an on-the-street reporter. And I'd done news for years and years with the big over-the-top Gary Owens kind of thing. Right um, on the radio. But this is, yeah, this is live on the street, and I can remember to, to to today exactly what I said. It was a I had a paragraph, and it's first oh. movie I ever did, so I was terrified.
0: Does.
1: And, and it was like terrorism has never been a factor in this city's politics before, but all that changed with with mm-hmm. Let me see, but all that changed when someone entered the upstairs with the lieutenant. Let me see, I can't read, can't remember. <laughs> It's only been 30-some years. Let's I know. I should have done And then I, I go over to Lieutenant today. Hitchcock. When we did it on the set, I did it about 1 in the morning, and it was about 95 degrees because oh. it was in August of 1986. And Peter Weller in the RoboCop outfit was dying. Well, he'd do one take, and then they'd have to blow air up his sleeve because he was going to faint. So we do that a-, a few times. And um, then Paul Verhoeven said, okay that's too long for you to back up and hit your mark. So cut this and this. And I'm going, I just spent three weeks learning this thing <laughs> and there were cars zipping in and all of this kind of stuff. And so on the actual thing, I just paraphrased I said, terrorism has never been a factor in the city's politics before, but until a man, uh, Ron Miller entered city hall with a gun, he's now in the second floor office holding mayor Clifford Gibson and his staff hostage, uh, Lieutenant Hedgecock. What's next? And I'm trying to stumble my way through it, and a look of terror was on my face, and I didn't know if the guys were really stunt drivers in the cars, but we got through it. And, yeah, it was quite terrifying, but...
0: It, the reporter probably would have had some nerves as well, so you were like... Oh, yeah, and so it
1: looked. It was a real terror and excitement in my <laughs> voice and eyes. It made it easy to act.
0: They're like, wow, that guy... I just want to say, so if anybody has questions for Bill, make sure to put them, don't just put them in the um, timeline, please. There's a question button at the bottom and you can enter them in there. And that yeah, way I'll be I'll able to answer to find them. I did see one question go through about what's your favorite type of dog? I know you have a dog. Oh,
1: yes, I have a, a black lab pit bull mix named Boo. Uh, we call her Boo because she's got a white spot, uh, a patch on her chest that looks like a little ghost. And also, she's afraid of everything. For part bull, she's just afraid of everything. She's afraid to go in the car. She still doesn't like car rides. If I say, you want to go in the car? She'll just turn around and go in the house. Won't go. And we also have a smaller dog, a Westie Mix named Roxy, who loves the car. So they're all different personalities. And, but, oh, I had a Golden Retriever for 15 years. And they are the best dogs ever. Mine was just totally nuts about the tennis ball and would sleep with it in his mouth and everything. (laughs) But as far as a nice, great dog, you can't beat a, a golden retriever.
0: Okay, let's see. The other thing I wanted to chat with you about, this kind of segues into Jeff's question, which is, so you, in addition to being a voice actor, are also a coach for voice actors as well as a demo producer. Yeah. House Productions is your production company. And, yeah. You know, Tunehouse really- yeah. Tunehouse
1: and, Incorporated. Yeah. Uh,
0: and people
1: can check it out online at tunehouse.com. T-O-O-N-H-O-U-S-E dot com. My son followed my footsteps a little bit, but he's much more musical than I am. He's a professional drummer and an audio engineer and he went through audio engineering school and he's working this week on a, a couple of TV shows uh, doing audio and he does my audio and he's done albums. And if you go to his website, which is drumfarmer.com you so can see fun. movies of him doing it. And he's got a lot of music and stuff that he does on that. And uh, he helps me out here. And uh, when we, I teach via zoom or online, and, or when COVID's over, hopefully here in the studio
0: yeah.
1: and I've got a, a whisper room out in my garage, which when we do demos, we just run a very long mic cable from there into my, into this room where the equipment is and we record safely. And I've got a, you know, $900 COVID light that'll kill every virus, which we do between clients and stuff. Keep it all. It's a blind. dangerous light too, because it'll blind you, they say. Yeah, you can't be in the room with it and it'll burn your skin in about two minutes so it's got a 50 foot cable and you got to be outside you put the bulb in there and then the booth drag this 50 foot cord out there turn it on for about 10 minutes and it's sterile
0: (laughs) that's fantastic you got to be careful where you put that thing though
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
0: No more um, kids. <laughs> you've been my coach for, you've helped coach me on a lot of stuff, and you're so great to work with. Um, so if people are interested in your coaching services, should they just contact you through the Toon website? Yeah,
1: yeah. My son handles that, and the uh, dealing with his schedule is, my, I'm always here. He's busier than me, so we work around with his schedule and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as far as coaching, yeah, just contact ToonHouse.com and be glad to help anyone out
0: cool yeah you won the annie award
1: i was very no. fortunate for uh, yeah. actually a cartoon on the mickey mouse shorts which mm-hmm. are, if you haven't seen those they they look a little different we're in our fifth season of that
0: yeah and, they're, uh, they're intense
1: <laughs> they are intense they're totally i noticed when we did a cartoon where goofy is a zombie they never would have let us do that before. And I said, oh, yeah. he's going to be a zombie? This is so cool. And we get to go to places that a uh, little more adult stuff than yeah. than we do on, say, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or Mickey and, and the and Roadster stuff. Racers. And yes. I, like, I, I like those kind of stories. I play also on a, a series called Amphibia, which yes. is on Disney Channel. And I play a character named Hop Pop. Hop, Hop. And he's the patriarch. <laughs> so everyone around the house now, I'm Hop Pop. So...
0: at your house they call you hot pop yeah is that limited to just people in your household or can we just all be like hot pop
1: uh well after this maybe not
0: (laughs) 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 yeah i was actually going to say and also your doc on 7d so a lot of patriarchs
1: oh yeah 7d was a great one once in a while you get a cast that is just incredible to work with when i first Started doing Goofy back in the early 90s. We had a, a series called uh, Goof Troop, and oh. that was terrifying for me because we had Frank Welker, we had Jim Cummings, we had Rob Paulson, Nancy Cartwright, April Winchell. I know Dana Hill, who played Goofy's son Max in that, and Jenny McSwain directed that, and that was like being thrown into the, the pit because we didn't ever get a rehearsal. We'd get our script, a 42, 43-page script, boom, in ensemble, in the studio, and just go. Yeah. That was a little terrifying. <laughs> and this one, the 7D, was great, because we had, oh, Jess Harnell. We had Kelly Osborne. Believe it or not, was oh, one of the wow. characters. We had uh, Billy West, Kevin Michael Richardson. We had Steve Stanton, Scotty Menville, uh, Maurice Lamar. We had uh, D. Baker. I mean, we had some of the top people, and it was yeah. a fantastic, uh, a fantastic time to to get to work with all of them. That's a powerhouse
0: of cast. Powerhouse, yeah, and you guys would just all be in the booth because.
1: We did in the beginning, but then uh-huh. they quickly, and most all the stuff at Disney now, I uh, it's all solo, but oh, wow. uh, we did the first few to get each other's timing and the way that the characters responded and acted, so you can do that without them there. But most things, at least at Disney, are a solo now.
0: Oh, do you find that less fun, or is it because yeah. nice it's a little more efficient?
1: It's more efficient. You can get in and out, but I miss... Being with people and riffing and stuff like that, and also it's easier to respond to a a line of dialogue with your line if you can hear the way that they do it. Right now, I have to. For example,
0: figure... for example, stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> if I say it that way, you're going to react different than mine. Like, stop
1: right there, yeah, right here,
0: <laughs> <laughs> stop right there yeah
1: you know you you don't know what the character is like if i'm doing a scene with mickey and i say let's (laughs) get out of here i don't know if the room's on fire or if it's to go out for a burger It all that stuff comes through and you got to rely on the director for that now
0: right yeah exactly um jeff's asking what's the most important lesson you got from studying with Dallas butler
1: it was definitely that it's um the, there were several little tidbits that came in handy. Some are techniques, and some are more over kind of philosophical things. The philosophical thing is that it's acting. It's no different whether there's a camera there or there mm-hmm. isn't. It is still acting. There's different techniques with it, and it's a little different than on-camera acting because you have to make up for the fact that no one can see you, and you have to give the animators something to animate. In other words, hype up your uh, energy a little bit to almost where it sounds like you're overacting doesn't sound that when it's played back.
0: Hey, guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much
1: did that than when you play it back so you got to compensate and go overboard a little bit to uh, bring up that energy level that was important yeah give the animator something to to animate use your hands body everyone does that you don't have to stand there just totally stiff in front of the microphone as long as you're in the little area the cardioid in front of the uh, microphone so that they can pick up your voice and you don't hit the mic stand or anything. Yeah. Use your hands a little bit, get into the uh, acting of it.
0: Ah, okay. All right. Can I still use that tape? It's usually when you're really feeling it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That's the way it is now, especially with like, uh, with, you know, Mickey and the roadster racers and Mickey's fun house and all the other ones we're doing is you do like three in a row. Come along, Mickey, let's go. Come on, Mick, let's go. Come on, Mickey, let's go. You just give it three different intonations, and then they'll say, oh, I like that third one. Give me a safety on that, and you do the same thing again. And you, boom, then on to the next line.
0: ABC, baby. ABC. Who Do you have a favorite character to voice? I'll tell you of, of the stuff
1: I'm doing now, Hot Pop is really up there because I got to create the voice myself. Goofy always be my favorite because gosh, that's been my whole career for 30 some years. And I just love him as a character. He was my favorite Disney character. But Hot Pop, I, he's kind of a West Texas kind of frog. And I just had a lot of fun doing him <laughs> and imbibing in him that kind of a voice. So I got to create it and uh riff with him and develop this character so in some ways i feel closer to him than i even do to goofy
0: the writing on that show is so strong and that yeah the it's really great it's also yeah that guy's he hop pop is a pretty wild kind of character he's got a, a real torturous kind of flavor
1: <laughs> yeah they just uh played the halloween special that i hadn't seen and i got that's what happens in this i did uh Who am I thinking of? Mr. Sulu from Star Trek. George Takai. We were doing a whole cartoon together. I never got to meet him. (laughs) But sometimes you get also, celebrities will pop in from time to time. This last year we did a Mickey and the Roadster Racers and believe it or not, one of the characters was Alice Cooper. Wow. And so he actually, he is a Goofy fan. And he wanted to meet me, and so I got to go down to where he was recording and hang out with him a little bit. That was special. So once in a while, you get to do some fun things like that. That's
0: crazy. What was the character he was voicing?
1: Alastair Coop DeVille. (laughs) So it was based on Alice Cooper, and it looked like him a little bit, so he didn't have to stretch too much. But he he, he was a good voice actor, actually. Just because you're famous doesn't make you a great voice actor, but he was.
0: A lot of people asking about Caitlin Robrock yeah. uh, as the new voice of Minnie. Do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah, I don't know how much I can say, but yeah, she's, she's doing a great job. As a matter of fact, here at Toon House, we did her, her first demo. That's amazing. So I, I take some credit for getting her going.
0: Yeah, Caitlin <laughs> used to work at Disney. Yes, she did.
1: Right? So she has always been a big Disney fan. And she's also plays a uh, character named Felicia on Amphibia. So I've been working with her on that as well as some of the Disney series. Well,
0: and let's go back to even Lucy Taylor and Wayne Allwine. Yeah, um, Lucy who just passed away last year. This year's been such a blur. It's last year.
1: Yeah, she she passed away. I guess it was last year. And she, for those of you who don't know, she. When I started doing Goofy back in 87, Rusi Taylor was doing Minnie. Wayne Allwine was doing Mickey, which Mm -hmm. he'd done off and on since 1977. But then they solidified the voice and he did it until he passed away in 2009. They were married to each other. They weren't in the beginning. They were both in bad marriages. They started working together, fell in love, divorced their respective spouses and got married.
0: Ooh, I want to go back to that like, holiday party. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry, know, what? I want to go back to that holiday party, like, oh, hey, yeah. oh over the punch. But bowl. they were
1: Mickey and Minnie. They just embodied those characters so much, and they were just great together. And wow. Wayne was an extraordinarily talented guy, very uh, musical, had run an, won an Emmy for sound editing, actually, as well as working in the sound department at Disney with the second Mickey Mouse. The first one was Walt Disney. Second was Jimmy McDonald, who his protege in the sound department was Wayne Allwine, picked up learning how to do Mickey from Jimmy, took that over in nineteen seventy seven, and then again full time in nineteen eighty six and did it until he passed away.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, you so you are actually um, a Disney legend.
1: Yeah, that was so cool. How I I, like I that? It's like underwhelming the way it happened. They have an award for people that they feel have done something great for Disney over the years. And ours was, now I got a letter saying you've been selected to be a Disney legend and you'll be at the D23 convention on stage live in front of about 4,500 people get my award. And I got mine along with Robin Williams and Betty White and some of the Golden Girls and wow. some people that did some more technical stuff with Disney. And ours was the first one in front of the in front of the world, I guess. Everyone other one, the earlier ones, were on the lot over at Disney. But they've been doing and, and doing well, about 10, 10 people get the award every couple of years at at a D23 and now they've gotten much bigger stars like Christine Aguilera and Stan Lee and Danny Elfman and all sorts of uh, George Lucas and a lot of Oprah Winfrey and more big name celebrities but I was in that
0: first group There's of... nobody bigger than Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I mean what it's like I guess it's just it's like it's mind blowing to me to think like you have Had all these achievements and you're still so humble, so kind. When I posted that I was going to be doing this interview with you, everybody was just like, Bill's the sweetest, Bill's the sweetest. And you have this amazing reputation. So I do appreciate you coming on the show. Of course. um, Gracing us with your good juju. Way to flatter the gooper. Hey,
1: that's the best thing about voiceover is you don't have to retire. And I thought I'd be out to pasture by now, but no, they keep hiring me. And June Foray worked until just a few weeks before she passed away at 98 or 99. And Mel Blank until he passed away, you don't have to quit this job. And people always say, when are you going to retire? And I say, from what and why? It's the best job
0: in the world. Yeah. Did did you... Was this on your vision board? Are were you? Are you surprised at how your career turned out?
1: Oh, I'm totally because I know how tough it is. There's about 160,000 Screen Actors Guild members in L.A. About all of them want to do voiceover, mm-hmm. and so it's if for someone coming into town to get into voiceover, it's like just coming out of high school and joining the NBA because you're up against. All the celebrities that want to do this too, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and all of these kind of stars, they like doing celebrities too. But one of the characters on Mickey and the Roadster Racers is Jay Leno. I doubt if Jay needs the work, but he loves doing it.
0: Yeah, I know. It is definitely one of the most fun jobs in the world. Let's see, let's see. What other questions do we have? Billy should go to Singapore. Oh, this is a really good question. What would you say inspires you, Bill?
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just gorge. gorge. Well, I got really inspired when I was doing the dog show because I, I, of course, love dogs, and I've always been a, an animal person. I was going into college originally to get into zoology, but I, I didn't have that study habit, and I'd party too much. So my degree was in broadcast journalism. But the... Just finding out about the, a, these animals that live with us, that share our lives, and give unconditional love, just to be petted, and it's, it, they're amazing creatures, and we can learn a lot from them, because just unconditional love, and I heard a joke the other day on a show, I think it was on the Comedy Store series that's on HBO and it was a great line. Someone had said that people say that your wife is your best friend. Says, no, dogs are. You put your wife and a dog in the trunk for about an hour, open up the trunk, which one's glad to see you? No. oh, I'm inspired by so many people in this industry and just people that dare to try. It's very difficult to definitely do anything in, in show business. I know how difficult it is, but to overcome your natural fears and just go for it. That always inspires me to do better myself because I'm typically a very shy person. I always have been. It took me 35 years almost to come out to California and get going. And I finally just had to jump off the cliff and hope there was a net and it worked out
0: okay. Uh, Miles Eastman actually had a really good question too. We've talked a lot about Luck and success and good fortune, but what about any struggles you might have encountered early on in your voice acting career? Anything that was challenging?
1: Oh, people think because I came out here and Goofy was my first animated character audition for or for a series, I should say. I'd done a few little things, but before, but that was after twelve years of radio stand up, which is one of the toughest things you can do, and going to fifty dollar a night. Bars to do comedy and where everyone's drunk and st- there are a lot of rough nights that you got to go through to try and yeah you gotta pay your dues basically did you, have you can kids survive time, that?
0: I, I was huh? just wondering did you have kids at the time you were doing stand up oh, no, no
1: that was all yeah my son I was born in eighty nine so he's uh going to be thirty one a few weeks and or he's 32
0: what is it no 31
1: but um he he was born in so he always thought knew me as doing goofy he thought people did this as a real job (laughs) people back in kansas they don't know they have no idea what goes on in voiceover they're like do you wear the suit i don't wear the suit i just talk and they all think it's like Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire. They always think you're looking at a cartoon and you're adding voices to it. That's the biggest misconception. Or that I wear the suit. But um, they don't get it. They don't get it. But my son thinks everybody does this. When he was uh, young, we were in Florida and his granddad was going off to work. He said, Boston, I got to go off to work. And he says,
0: What voice do you do?
1: So he thought this was normal.
0: That's so funny. He didn't ever want to get into it, though, huh? Oh, he did, but he didn't want to, he can actually,
1: I, I guess he does a really good Goofy. He won't do it around me, but <laughs> he went the, the music route and he just loves music and he's a very talented uh, musician and has produced albums and stuff like that. But he actually, we finally got him to do a, a voice demo and he's actually pretty good, much better. And and he's done stand up before too, dabbling in that stuff. But I thought, I don't want to do the same thing the old man's doing. So
0: yeah. I wanted kind of to find drifting, his own way you know? <laughs> This question has actually come up quite a lot, and uh, maybe you can enlighten me. The will the wise old crab make a revival? A lot of people asking about the wise old crab.
1: The wise old crab.
0: <laughs> Yes, I think what? it was a video game you did, I feel like. I may have.
1: That's that's so weird. I have to look at IMDB to even figure out what the heck I've yeah. done. You'll do some video game and where I could have been a crab, and you'll do 15, 20 characters or something, and I don't remember what I did. People do that all the time. Oh, I saw you in this car. I wish I remembered that.
0: <laughs> and a lot of people uh, have been asking about that character, so clearly... Wise Old Crab has garnered some fans.
1: Yes. T- have someone tell me what, what, what yeah, was feel this Feel free from? to chime
0: in if you guys yeah. want to us
1: about the Wise Which old, old Crab. Wise old crab.
0: <laughs> Did anybody talk to you? I just want to, we have about 10 minutes until our stream will actually shut down because we're limited at 60 minutes. Are you good to go for a couple more minutes? I yeah, yeah lost, I'd be glad to. a question. To john seats has been on a few of these it's his birthday today could you give him oh, a happy goofy howl please Gorge, happy
1: birthday <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome guys if you do have a couple more questions go ahead and throw them um in the question box down at the bottom we'll see if we can get to them if it's your first time tuning in hey what do they say like Subscribe um share. <laughs> Hopefully, you, if you dig the show, come and tune in next week. We have um, Emmy-nominated Rick Z, who's the voice of Spike on Tom and Jerry, as well as a million other things. He and I've been well. on
1: uh, Tom and Jerry as well when they I have Irish Butch. I did a and a couple. Yes. I, I did Droopy Dog, another dog on on Tom and Jerry. A couple of you times.
0: A dog? I've done a number. of
1: cats, I know. It just actually it's a career choice.
0: Eagles on Tom and Jerry with a cat the yokai watch was a cat. So I guess we're like cats and dogs. You here. get the
1: cats and dogs. I do now dogs and
0: frogs. Dogs and frogs. That's a nice niche. <laughs> this is a pretty cool question. What character have you never played?
1: Oh gosh. That would
0: you would like to? Or I feel like character is tough because if a character exists, it, somebody's already voicing it. But is there like yeah. a show or
1: Oh, gosh, I would have liked, I did some background voices in the Spongebob movie, but Spongebob would be great to do. Tom's so great. I, I love that character. Of course, I was very fortunate in the early, one of the first movies I did was some background voices on Roger Rabbit when I first came to town.
0: I love and that And I was in the ADR
1: group. And so, you know, any of Mel Blanks, I'm very fortunate to have done several of his because he was like the god of all <laughs> early voice actors. When I was growing up, he was the only one I knew whose voice it was. Uh, you couldn't find out because the credits would go by so fast. Who's this June Ferre person? Who's this Don Messick and Dawes Butler? And you couldn't find out about any of this stuff. Now, with the internet, you can find exactly what everyone's done.
0: Although the credits do still like they cut off early. On
1: they do or they, and they and... shrink them down so they can show a commercial for the next spot. <laughs> like, you know?
0: ah, I try to pause it and then they yeah. go away. <laughs> yeah. So oh, there's my name. Thanks. IMDB. Yeah. Roger Rabbit was so good. Let's see. Oh, this is probably a question that you get. Oh, do you know if dog show is coming back? It's
1: not a scheduled two right now, but that could be because of COVID. And it's always a possibility. We'll just have to wait and see because we finished up right when COVID was starting. And we shot our last scenes in February in Hawaii. And they were just shutting down the airport with uh, COVID. And we did the Beagle Brigade at LAX and the CDC was out there checking about some weird virus that was starting to come in from ch- chinese planes and stuff mm. so after the lockdown it's just mm. static right now they're i think waiting until they get a better handle on all this because we did a lot of traveling and we're with people and that presents a whole bunch of problems now
0: well but, there's a know. lot of fans that are big fans of that show what can we do to support? a potential second season. Is there somebody... Hey, I guess season? they do listen to letters.
1: Just write to Disney Plus and say, yeah, yeah, give us more dog show. It's a dog show. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm on it. You guys get on it too and write to Disney Plus and if you want to he- see more of it, it's a dog, dog's <laughs> life. Sorry. <laughs> then go ahead and check it out. Can you tell us more about The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse coming out later this month?
1: Oh, okay. I don't know. I always wonder because uh, they never have said don't talk about it, but usually until something's announced, obviously someone's announced it coming out. So yeah. it's uh, a, just more fun adventures with Mickey and the gang, slightly some new characters, and it's aimed at the young, younger audience as well. And I love doing those I, because the incidental voices are fun, like Mickey and Mickey's Mixed-Up Adventures and Roadster Racers. I've done about 25 different characters on that series. So those are always fun. So They'll always have me do Goofy and Pluto's in it. And then I've got a couple other voices. Will you be the mayor? Will you be the bar? No, not the bartender. Sure. That's <laughs> my house. But the, the ice cream vendor, probably more appropriate. Or whatever the in- ancillary characters are. Yeah. And you get to come up with voices for those.
0: So we did get confirmation on the crab. And it was a wise old crab on the Nickelodeon game with SpongeBob. I could have done. Yeah. A lot of people asking about wise old and
1: Wise old crab. I'm going to have... have to go look that up and see what I
0: did. Because I have. <laughs> that I don't know what I did.
1: Video games are weird, too, because there's so many lines that can be disjointed when we did kingdom hearts it was like a book this thick and you'd go to go to page 18 line 162 then go five pages later and do another line and you don't get a linear story from doing video games generally
0: wow that's amazing before we wrap things up i'm just curious on the times when you're not working what are some things that you like to do for fun
1: (laughs) we've been doing a lot of uh, stuff around the house fixing up things like painting and all of that kind of boring stuff Mm -hmm. just to keep my car from the battery dying is just driving going for driving during COVID there's not a whole lot (laughs) I would like to travel a little bit more but that's out of the question for at least a while that's and just stay safe. I love photography. That was, I did some, you know, news photography when I was, so photography's always been a hobby of mine. I used to do uh-huh. headshots for people. That's Actually, fun. I do it mainly for fun now. A,
0: didn't you shoot a photo in your studio?
1: I certainly have, yes. Are,
0: is there yeah. one, like, over, don't you have one, like, over there on that side of the wall? Or
1: um, a photo Let's you see. Uh, what do I have? I have. A lot Let's of wacky that. things, just a very messy room oh. right now. But that's yeah. kind of the neat thing. I can show you one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah show something. Is, yes, this is the Disney Legend Award. So it's a nice heavy thing, and it's very nice. And they put my name in that. That's my proudest accomplishment right oh my there.
0: Gosh. It's heavy. It's made out of bronze. Beautiful and heavy. <laughs> wow. Bill, it's been so amazing getting the chance to catch up with you.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. You're doing so great. And I love your show. I love your show. Great questions. It's so much fun. fun.
0: I was feeling really just jaded on social media. I was off for like over a year. And I was like, I gotta get back on. I don't really want to do it. I'm feeling nervous. And then I was like, Oh, reboot my show. This was a podcast and a web series like that started 11 years ago. And but this, version like where I, I interview you on instagram tv is like there's no editing <laughs> there's no graphics yeah it's just like hire a video person it's just so easy and perfect it, it works oh one more quick question Are will the old vhs sing-alongs be on disney plus
1: oh that'd be so cool write to them tell them that they need ideas they need content we've uh, done gosh i've done so many sing-along albums over the years, probably 30 to 50 in the last 35 years. Maybe they will. That'd be great if they would.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, guys, you know where to go to make change. Just right to Disney Plus. Yeah, we're, we're so glad you came on the show. Bill, of course, most of you guys are already following Bill. But if not, after this, it's at Goofy Bill. Um, and if you want to hear more of these shows, go ahead and follow me. And next week, we have Rick Zeef, who is, he's done a million things. Emmy nominated for Spike and the new Tom and Jerry show we have Katie Lee coming up on the show so definitely stay tuned and thank you so much Bill I'll have to oh, by your It's my pleasure and I uh, give Pardon you me. a wave one of these days
1: <laughs> Gorge. well thanks for having me <laughs> you. Uh, okay we'll see care. you guys
0: next week Bye. Right. bye, bye. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week.